Welcome to the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And if you're watching the video portion, I'm coming to you live from the floor of Heavy Duty Aftermarket Week here in Grapevine, Texas at the Gaylord Texan. So absolutely monstrous building here. They do this thing here every year. It's actually just very incredible. It's great to be back in person. And ironically, I'm walking around and there's a company I got with me here today that I, I've met you know, virtually. Uh, we've met here in Texas. And ironically, it's only about an hour and a half from me in South That's Carolina. Right. So welcome, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Ed Edwards with Circuit Board Medics. We're in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, just like Tyler said, not too far from you guys. Um, circuit board medics repairs circuit boards, obviously, across multiple industries. So we're not just in the automotive world, certainly not just in the heavy duty aftermarket world. Um, we service the appliance industry. We service the industrial industry. Um, circuit boards are everywhere. So, uh, you know, we have a, a great team of guys in Greenville, South Carolina. Everything's done in-house there and uh, just have a great time with it. Okay, so let's talk about circuit boards on trucks for a second. Right. All right. People look at this black, silver, mm-hmm. you know, box. whatever color box. And That's they're right. like, oh, a computer. <laughs> right. That's surely my problem. You know, and obviously it sounds like you guys are prying those things open and doing things. But mm-hmm. but what what do you do? Like, who's your customers and, and, and what problems are they bringing you? And what do you what problem are you solving for people? Right. We have customers um, in every area of the supply chain. So we service the end user a lot. Uh, we have a lot of do-it-yourselfers that will bring us circuit boards. Uh, we do a lot of B2B work where um, there's a common problem in the industry. It's, it may be an actuator for a turbo. VG, VGT actuators are a hot item right now for uh, turbos across the, the diesel industry. Um, so it, it may be volume. It may be just one for a customer. Um, it could be anything. And on the appliance side of things, we have people that are just taking the lids off of their washing machines and troubleshooting it down to a control board. Now they're doing that with our help. Uh, We have uh, instructional videos, tutorial videos that help people troubleshoot to ensure that it is the actual circuit board that's the problem and not just a sensor or a pump or something upstream. So let's talk about VGT actuators. So I was a service manager, right? And we were a Cummins dealer and we would order VGT actuators by the pallet load, literally the pallet load. And they would go out the door on warranties by the pallet load. Right. And they never told us, they, they never told us to take them apart. They're just, hey, replace the mm-hmm. replace the VGT. Are you telling me it's like circuit boards inside those things that are causing the problems or is it mechanical stuff or what? what's, I've never cracked right. one open. Like what, what's yeah, going on, the, on there? On the Cummins actuator, it's a great example of a, a way that we were able to adapt, a way that we were able to be agile at our size and say, hey, we are circuit board medics, but this is an electromechanical part. It's got bushings, it's got bearings, it has grease seals, it has gaskets, it has all these things inside of it that we had to learn to repair because it's not just a circuit board that causes a problem. Circuit boards do cause the majority of the problems. But if we're going to remanufacture something, we want it to be better than new. If it's going to be better than new, we had to learn a lot of mechanical things. We went out and hired mechanical engineers to help us with that. My background's in mechanical engineering. Um, So it was exciting to learn how to do that. But we strip everything down to a housing. Everything's replaced. The circuit board's fully rebuilt. Um, and you know, it comes out, comes out so, better than new. So, so break this down for us a little bit. Like sure. a VGT actuator, it's a closed thing. It's closed. And you're saying, yep. Hey, the, the circuit board's failing. Well, how, how does something that's not mechanical failing, right? Is it, right. is it grounding issues, voltage issues, over you heating? Like what, what, like why, sure. why do circuit boards fail inside closed components that nobody even knows Absolutely. probably even have a circuit board? Yeah. Great question. And the electronic world is full of uh, things that work great on paper, <laughs> things that work great in a clean room environment. 
Um, and then you bolt them to an action or bolt them to a turbo that starts to get worn over time. It gets soot on the inside. Um, the turbos are designed to be worked, right? You got a lot of trucks on the road that aren't really working those turbos the way they need to. So now something that is uh, designed and built to open and close the veins on a turbo, right? To move things around when those things that move around have a lot more resistance, a lot more friction, that control board's not, not built to handle that heavy of a load, right? Yeah. Uh, so when we go and we remanufacture some things, we, we make it uh, a little bit stronger. Um, you know, like I said, our, our motto around the office is we have to make it better than new. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. been a growing trend as I talk to aftermarket companies. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I want to hear your, your founding story here in a second, but it's really yeah. interesting because when you talk to people, like I just talked to a company that was 100 years old, and I'm like, how'd you get started? Well, one guy, he had a problem right. and they didn't make a part and he made it and then he sold one to his buddy. And yep. now we're a billion dollar company on a publicly traded. You're like, wow, that's that's amazing. So what yeah. what what's your founding story? Like this is oh, not, man. this is something people just don't pick up yeah. and be like, I'm gonna figure out how to fix circuit boards, right? Yeah. Like where, where did it come from? What a great story too. I love telling our, our founding story. Yeah. Um, I was working in manufacturing engineering. I graduated from Clemson University in mechanical engineering, as I'd mentioned. Um, and I was working in manufacturing. So we were focused much on the process, making it better. I loved my job. I uh, loved the company I worked for. Um, but in 2009, I found myself with uh, two small children at home. I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. Um, and I had a washing machine that failed. Uh, troubleshot it down to the control board for the washing machine, only to find that the control board was 80% of the cost of an entire machine, right? <laughs> I've, I've been there with right. stuff. Yeah, you're like, it's not worth it. Yeah. I, had a, I had a background, I've always loved electronics. When you go back, I'm dating myself when I say this, but you know, when I was young, I had a CB radio and a soldering iron, and I would learn how to make that CB radio talk much farther than it was intended to <laughs> it, talk, right? Um, and do those type things. I always loved electronics. You know, I pursued a career in more of mechanical side of things, but I loved electronics. So I knew my way around electronics enough to look at that circuit board and realize there was not $400 worth of parts in 2009 <laughs> in that circuit board. It was very simple. Washing yeah. machines are very simple, right? Um, so I took it upon myself to figure out what was wrong. Uh, we did some troubleshooting. It certainly wasn't fast, but um, I had enough stubbornness to stick with it. <laughs> Um, my wife had enough patience to endure some, <laughs> not have a washing machine, for a, washing machine <laughs> for a little while. Right. Um, and I fixed it uh, and it worked. I, and, uh, you know, after I thought about that for a little while, I realized there's other people that are struggling with the same thing. Yep. So I listed that service on eBay for that part number and just said, hey, if you have this part number that's broken, send it to me. I'll fix it for 80 bucks. If I can't fix it, you get your money back. I had a lot of people take the risk and trust me with that. Um, so as that turned into more and more and more of this just hobby kind of side work, little side hustle gig going on, um, I, at the time I was also driving a Power Stroke 6 liter, so a 6.0. Um, granted, once again, this is 2009, uh, and uh, I had some work done on it. Uh, the mechanic left off an important part when he put things back together. I picked it up. It was one of these deals where I went by his shop after work and he left the keys under the mat. As soon as I started the truck, I realized something wasn't quite right, but it was drivable, so I went ahead and drove it home for the night. Yeah. Called the mechanic. He realized that he had left off an important part. He decided to come by my house the next day to put it on. When he came by my house to put that part on, my garage door was open, and he sees a washing machine that at that point I'd gone, I'd bought a second washing, washing machine to do testing with, plumbed it into the garage. I had a couple desks set up, oscilloscopes, all this crazy <laughs> stuff, right? And the mechanic asked me, he says, what's going on in your garage? So I explained to him that there was these appliance boards that I was repairing and, you know, I'm learning more and more and more about them. It's not always the same thing. 
Um, so he scratches his head for a minute and he points to the fuel injection control module on that 6.0. And yeah. he says, you think you could fix one of those? The Fickham. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. the Fickham. And um, at that point, I didn't even know what a fuel injection control module was. <laughs> yeah, what's it do? Yeah, right. It <laughs> uh, so I told him, I said, I'd love to try. Um, he was serious. The very next day, he brought five faulty fuel injection control modules by my house. Oh, it's a, it's a horrible yeah. problem with those things. Yeah. Left them with me. Um, and, you know, kind of my claim to fame at that point is I, I really do feel like I know everyone repairs Fickhams now. I mean, you know, 2022, there's, yeah. there's tons of guys repairing them. Um, but I felt like I was the first person to actually offer a service publicly to do that. So I added that as my second eBay listing and things just exploded from there. Um, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give a couple questions. You, sure. I know, you don't even know the answer, but you do. No, I got you. Guess how old my kids were when I quit my job due to my business. Three and one. Exactly. <laughs> and, and guess where I sold my first product? In your garage. Yeah. And guess what platform I sold my first product on? eBay. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. So people always, you know, people always like kind of dog eBay a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I started a business yeah. there and I'm like, and I know now someone else that has, and actually there's another person in South Carolina, the neighborhood I lived on, very similar story, electrical engineer. He was unemployed. He had some, some medical stuff going on and he had a problem with his Toyota Tundra. A check engine light came on. Dealer wanted like $2,000 to fix it. And he's like, forget that. He like yep. wired up a thing and fixed it and put it on eBay. So, right. so if people are listening to this, yeah, the, the big takeaway is there's opportunity everywhere. Right. And there's very few people such as yourself that say, look, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find a better solution than, than just doing this. And I can tell you what you're doing is great because I've gone through three washing machines in 10 years, mm -hmm. <coughs> dishwashers, like that stuff just doesn't last. And right. I just know, I don't even bother calling my prem. Like, you know what? He's going to come here. He's going to tell me it costs more to fix it than actually than is worth replacing. Just buy a new one. So yeah. Well, so, that's the important part is the drive for me never came from making money in the beginning yep. at all. Yep. It was because I had a solution to a problem that was better than anything else that I saw. Yep. Right. I could solve people's problems. I could I could protect them from what was monopolizing them as their only option to repair it. Right. Um, it was great for the environment. I mean, that wasn't my sole you know, drive. Um, but just being able to serve people with a better solution because I couldn't just keep it to myself. It was too good. Right. So, so 2009, you're getting your first sales. Mm -hmm. We're in 2022. Like how long before did oh, you like man. you? I'm assuming you had a job and you had to quit eventually. Like, yeah. So wait, how long did it take to get that to that? That was in 2009, 14 months after I fixed my own washing machine. Um, you know, I was convinced that that this was something that I could put some effort into. I love business. I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, I was the kid, the, the cliche story of, you know, making money in high school, cutting everyone's grass, right? In a yeah. small town, I was buying more lawnmowers and having people help me cut grass, right? Yeah. Um, so I love that side of business. And um, in 2010, I left my job, uh, my full-time role. On a Friday, on Monday, I started in my own office that I'd rented. Um, December, that was in October of 2010. December of 2010, I hired our first employee, a great friend of mine from college. And together, we really just set things on fire the next year. Um, yeah. There was never really this plan to, to grow as much as we did. Uh, kind of some milestone milestone events. Two years later, in January of 2012, we bought our first uh, office building that gave yeah. us really the space we needed to grow, 12,000 square foot office. Um, and then five years after that, we bought the office that we currently occupy now, which is about 60,000 square feet. And um, a couple months ago, we just bought another building across the road. So it's just continuing to, you know, to reinvest into the resources. Um, in the circuit board world, in the electronics world, it's always evolving. It's always a challenge. Um, so it's just completely reinvesting into the talent that we need. 
Um, I don't understand half of what we do anymore. I mean, it's just, you know, you're sort of you more know. and more like me. Yeah. Someone was asking me today, like I went, so there's a product we sell. We're the largest distributor in the world. I go by their booth and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> like, right. dude, you've been selling that for like nine months. Right. I'm like, I, dude, I, you know, yeah, I as long even, as it solves somebody's problems, there the we sales go. Department. We're I mean, good. I'm not even involved in that anymore. Right. Yeah. So, but it, it is, a, it, this is, this is great. I mean, I love, everyone loves hearing stories like this because it just shows mm -hmm. one small thing leads the next. And I'm sure you're like us. You solve one problem, it's like eight more doors open up. Right. And you start having the problem of like, oh man, now I got a hundred paths to choose from. Right. Which, which one do I go down and what do I do and, and all these things. So that is that is a tremendous story yeah. that I, I hopefully inspires a lot of people listening to this. I know it's, again, very similar to our story. I'm glad we're able to kind of share yeah. that with the world and get, get that out there a little bit. So, I mean, what's next? Is it just just growth and, and more people and just, just keep, it is. keep blowing this thing up? Yeah, I mean, we're just in scaling mode at this point. We really are scaling rapidly. Um, what we're trying to decide right now is where that next level is, where we need to just kind of, you know, slow down a little bit uh, because you're either scaling or you're operating uh, and improving efficiencies, you know? Yep. It's hard to do both at the same time. It really is. I, I, I struggled yeah. with that too. Like where our company was just like, you know, you're growing, doubling revenue every mm -hmm. year. And then we eventually hit a kind of a plateau and it was, it was growing pains. It was, mm -hmm. I'm spending all day putting out fires and it's chaos and we're not answering the yep. phones and just, you can just tell like, okay, I'm not enough hours and there's not enough days for me to work to do this. Right. And it, it took us a little bit to figure out like, okay, we're, we're focusing on the wrong things. We need to focus on the right things and bring the right people in and the right processes. Have you guys gone through those growing pains as well? And we have through that. I think a key part of that is just to make sure that your suppliers and your customers are partners, because just about everything that has been a challenge for our growth, there's been a supplier or a customer that's already experienced it. We can ask their advice. They want to see us succeed. Um, and, you know, we just learn from each other. It's the collaboration that makes things great. Uh, just as soon as you think that you know something and you're trying to start protecting that, um, someone else is going to figure it out. I yeah. mean, you know, just share information. I don't mean share all of your trade secrets, right? We all have trade secrets. We all have intellectual property, but know what the difference between intellectual property and trade se trade secrets are and what just common sense partnership business growth should be. We, we've know? been struggling with that too because we sell these, you know, eight, $10,000 tools that do a thing. And now we sell a $350 tool that does right. the same thing. <laughs> we're, like, right. we're like, well, you know, that sucks. We're doing that because mm -hmm. I'm obviously giving up a lot of revenue over here and we're still growing and we're not doing yeah. that here. But I'm like, you know, in the long term, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And I'm going to end up with nothing. <laughs> so, right. so it's the best thing to do. And it's better for the customer too. So mm -hmm. it's all the evolution of business. So I, I know we've talked before, man, now I got to get up there. Now, yeah, now yeah, I got to yeah. get up there, see the facility, do all those things. We have a lot of customers that have things that are breaking all the time. Yeah. I know they're looking for solutions. It sounds like you have them. Anytime yeah. we can help people get their trucks back on the road more efficiently, it's better for everybody involved. Right. So we'll get up there. We'll make some things happen. That sounds real good. So if hey, people want to get a hold of you, your website, whatever yeah, it is. Circuitboardmedics.com. Our phones are 1-800-547-2049. Um, you know, if you can find it on our website, uh, typically that's guaranteed a standard one business day turnaround for repair and return type stuff. We do have a lot of our more popular items on a remanufactured exchange basis as well. Um, but we're here. The reason we come to shows like this is to hear what people are struggling with. That's how we learn what our new products should be to develop. Um, you know, I like to chase the shiny objects to a fault. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I come here to hear what are the big problems. You know, uh, we that's the ones we want to solve. We, similar thing at our side, like for a while, once in a while, we're like, OK, stop chasing shiny objects. Right. Let's go clear the board a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then we'll put some more shiny objects on. So. 
great having you on. Thank yeah. you for taking time. I know I just kind of randomly grabbed you like, hey, yeah, overdo a podcast real quick. So, great job. Thank you for coming on. Uh, and as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And part of that involves circuit board medics. Yeah. They have some solutions that can probably save you some time, save you some money. I know it's hard finding ECMs and certain components. I got a feeling these guys can probably help you in yeah, that situation. Yeah, we can. All right. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Those all help us tremendously. And we'll catch you on the next episode.